the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, I'm Hugh Hewitt. Thank you for listening to the Town Hall Review Podcast, where we bring you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Our podcast is brought to you through partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy and ADF, the Alliance Defending Freedom. Here's a piece that I hope you'll enjoy from my colleague, Larry Elder. My guest is Chuck DeVore, a former California congressman now living in Texas. Uh, Chuck, you were talking about the history of, of forest dent- density in California then versus now. Well, yeah. What's fascinating, Larry, is you go back to the dawn of photography uh, around the 1860s, and you see that California was much more open than it is now, because the native population used fire quite a bit, because deer and other things that they would eat don't grow in dense forests. Well, when California became a state, uh, we put a stop to that, because timber is valuable, so you want the timber to grow, you want to harvest it, you want to turn it into planks for houses, etc., And that worked great for about 100 years, 130 years. Uh, And then the rules and regulations started getting piled on and piled on, and it got more and more economically infeasible to log and to maintain the forests, and competition from China and Canada, and even from the American Southeast, from the pine forests down in Georgia, uh, started to undercut the California uh, timber industry. And now we have less than half the people working, uh, managing our forests than we did just 20 years ago. And so as a result, that fuel is building up, and the dead trees are accumulating, and the density is two, three, or four times what it should be for healthy trees that are drought-resistant and resistant to insects. And so that explains a lot of what has been happening in the forests up north. In the chaparral down south in Los Angeles, that's an issue of controlled burns. You need to burn more frequently. That chaparral is supposed to burn about every dozen years to 25 years. And unfortunately, uh, lawsuits often prevent prescribed burns. You have air quality concerns that prevent it. And as a result, you end up with worse uh, air quality and a greater loss of life and property by not maintaining it. And it's all costly. And let me wrap up by saying that here's the big prize for the environmental left. You'll hear a lot of talk about the wildland-urban interface. And what this uh, refers to is people don't like it when folks go out and build on the cheaper land further out from the urban cores. And so they want to do things like impose a fire tax or have uh, significant rules and regulations that discourage or prevent people from living in these more remote, lower-cost areas. And as a result, I think you're going to see a big push in the upcoming California legislative session to really begin to clamp down on land use control using as the excuse fire safety. Now, Chuck, uh, the um, the rules and regulations that you talk about that began in the 1970s, this is because the environmental movement believed that the more trees, the better. They did not like logging. They assumed that cutting down trees hurt the, hurt the environment, uh, and that's why they had these rules and regulations. Well, that and the fact that, it, you know, a commercial forest has more of the same kind of tree. It's not natural in the sense that, you know, things burn every so often. You get a a wider variety of trees, and they like that, right? They want a a greater variety of trees, a greater variety of animals. The problem, of course, is 
that uh, you get contradictory policies. For example, the northern spotted owl likes to roost in rotting trees. And so then you get these rules that say you can't cut down or remove uh, decaying or rotting trees because of certain animals that live in them. Well, as a result, of course, you get a higher likelihood of having a very devastating, very, very hot fire. We put your article up on LarryOda.com. California's devastating fires are man-caused, but not in the way they tell us. It's well-written. It's easy to follow. Uh, You take a very complicated subject and make it understandable. I also have another article called California Governor Jerry Brown Vetoed Bipartisan Wildfire Management Bill in 2016. That's also up on LarryElder.com. And what about that bill, uh, Chuck DeVore? My understanding is it passed unanimously in both uh, chambers of, of the legislature in California, and Jerry Brown vetoed it, and it would have allowed local authorities to have more control over forest management. Well, I think the, the crux of that bill, and, and my good old friend uh, John Morlock, a state senator, was the main author behind it, is Laguna Beach, which I used to represent in the Assembly, has had a number of very devastating fires over the years. And some of those fires, just like probably the fire in Northern California, can be traced to utility lines, to to high-voltage power lines that have problems often in high winds. And uh, what the Laguna Beach proposes is uh, being able to get some money to bury some of those uh, lines underground uh, so that they can't cause brush fires. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the problem was is that the Pacific Gas and Electric and Southern Cal Edison and, and uh, San Diego Gas and Electric, the big three publicly regulated utilities, who, by the way, have guaranteed rates of return, uh, they, they're always going to make money, at least uh, gross profit, uh, they were likely opposed to it because it costs a lot of money to bury utility lines, uh, and they probably didn't want the topic even discussed. Um, and so Jerry Brown vetoed the bill and had some language in his veto statement that, well, we're going to take care of this administratively, right? We're going to let the bureaucracy handle this. Oh, wow. Chuck, when has you, have you ever seen a bill passed unanimously in the, in the Senate, unanimously in the Assembly, and then vetoed by the, by the governor? It, it doesn't happen very often. I was, uh, I was rather surprised to see that, because uh, typically, uh, if somebody has a problem with the bill, uh, you know, the, that issue will be raised, and you'll at least get a few people voting against it. So, yeah, that did catch me by surprise. But then, you know, Senator Morlock is a pretty persuasive guy. He's pretty friendly, and, and uh, some of that may have just been because he's such a likable individual. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, but look, this is a serious problem. And, and Larry, I think that the, that the thing that we, your listeners really have to follow follow is that uh, certain people are going to use this tragedy, uh, what's going on in Northern and Southern California, and the terrible loss of life and property, and they're going to say this is all about climate change, and we all have to live in the big cities, and we're going to make it more costly, more difficult, if not impossible, for people to live in these rural areas that are lower cost. Uh, and they're going to do that through a variety of ways, through higher taxes and through regulations, because, frankly, they don't want people out there uh, supposedly interacting with nature. Of course, I tend to think that humankind is part of nature, part of this planet. Uh, Certainly that's what the Native Americans uh, thought back when they were setting fire to good portions of California on a regular basis because it helped them uh, with more food. Uh, So, you know, look, we either manage the forests or the forests manage us. 
Speaking of which, the Sacramento Bee had an editorial, and it's talked about the car fire, the big fire that uh, took place earlier. The car fire is a terrifying glimpse into California's future. This is climate change, for real and in real time. We were warned that the atmospheric buildup of man-made greenhouse gas would eventually be an existential threat, end of quote. This is climate change, Chuck DeVore, for real and in real time, says the Sacramento Bee. Well, look, two, two points to that. If it is, then you should be managing the forest more aggressively and cutting back on that fuel, because these things are going to happen more, if that's what you believe. And furthermore, the fire so far this year in California likely emitted somewhere close to 50 million metric tons of carbon dioxide. How much is that? That's about one-eighth of what the state emits in a given year. That's enough that for 2018, it puts the state's total emissions back to where they were in the early 1990s, which completely blows up the Global Warming Solutions Act of 2006, which I voted against as a lawmaker, uh, which wanted to reduce the emissions in California by about 20%. So these fires alone brought the total emissions of the state back up to levels they were 20 years ago before all this natural gas use started to reduce our emissions. And so you would think that people would want to get ahead of this. Larry, when, when you manage the forest, when you take that underbrush and, and, and the wood chips and you burn them in a biomass generator, you generate electricity, there's less air pollution and there's less CO2. This state used to generate 22% more biomass energy 25 years ago than now. The drop is because we don't burn wood anymore. We don't burn that wood waste as we're cleaning up our forests. Now, Chuck, um, uh, your article talked about when you were a freshman uh, assemblyman and you visited a bunch of forest product industry professionals. Tell us what happened and tell us what they predicted. Well, uh, two different groups uh, predicted what would happen. Uh, in 2005, I had a chance to visit with something called CARE, the Klamath Alliance for Resource and Environment uh, up in Northern California, centered around Mount Shasta. Uh, and what they showed us on both uh, public lands as well as privately owned forest land uh, was what a well-managed forest looked like and what happens when you're not able to get in and manage the forest. You get a lot of small trees, a lot of underbrush, uh, the trees that uh, are there are less vigorous because there's more water being drawn by each of the trees. Uh, when fires do happen, they tend to reach the tops of the trees and kill the trees off. Uh, they also burn up a lot of the uh, uh, carbon uh, on the forest floor, all that uh, uh, you know, organic material that's fallen in the forest over time gets burned down to uh, the inorganic uh, layers of rock. And as a result, you lose a lot of carbon dioxide to the atmosphere with these hotter uh, fires that are more difficult to control. Uh, And then you get a lot of landslides and and problems with stream pollution. And so they predicted uh, back in both the late 90s and uh, in the early 2000s, both uh, the forest management professionals as well as the Western Governors Association had a report on biomass in 2006 where they said, look, What's going to happen is you're going to have uh, more intense fires. They're going to put out more carbon dioxide and be more destructive because we're not managing our forests. So Chuck, we, Chuck, we, only have a few, we only have a few seconds left. Do firefighters agree with you? Why are they so mad at Trump? Just a few well, seconds. Well, I think the firefighter unions and some of the leadership are fighting back, and I think a lot of it has to do with public uh, pensions, uh, and a lot of it has to do with who's a political appointee. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. 
It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you enjoy your podcast, take a moment, tell a friend to subscribe today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.